You're listening to the Rabbit Room Podcast. As Rabbit Room Theater's The Hiding Place stage production runs in Nashville, we thought we'd give you a look behind the scenes on how this stage play came to be in a three-part series with Pete Peterson. This is part one. You can find more information about the show at rabbitroomtheater.com. When Jake Speck called me back in 2018 and asked if I'd be interested in adapting Corey Tinboom's The Hiding Place for the stage, my response was, well, heck yes, but hang on, let me go read the book first and see if I like it. Well, the truth was, I had only the faintest idea of who Corey was, and honestly, I didn't know if hers was the kind of story that would suit my abilities as a writer. So I ordered the book and I ate it up in a few days. World War II, Nazis, the resistance, the smuggling of Jews and the Holocaust, faith in the face of nigh unquenchable darkness. Well, I called Jake back and told him I was in, but I had little idea what I was getting into. It's fair to say things have come a long way since that phone call, both literally and figuratively. But that October, Jennifer and I flew to the Netherlands to visit Corey's home, the Baye, in the city of Harlem. We stayed an hour outside of Amsterdam at Dutch Labrie, a cozy little commune in the countryside where we picked apples, foraged walnuts, installed solar panels, washed dishes, ate amazing home-cooked meals, including a legit Dutch apple pie. And we participated in a lot of rich conversation with people from all over the world. But after getting over our jet lag, we drove into Harlem where we walked through the groat market, flush with flowers and fruit. We visited the Gothic Cathedral of St. Bavo, where the tin booms went to church. We strolled alongside canals under the eaves of pastel-colored houses. We ate stroopwaffle by the yard and Edom by the pound. And we found ourselves at last in an alley of the Bartlejorastrat, knocking on the back door of the tin boom watch shop, where Corey and Betsy spent most of their lives. I've never been good at tourism. I dislike the fakery of it. I don't usually care for the well-marked historical route or the guided tour. I want to be left alone to know a place in an intuitive rather than an instructive way. I want to get lost and find my own path and therefore come to the long-sought place in a way that can be said to be in some way authentic, even if only in my bumbling 21st century American way. But my distaste for the tourist trap goes only so far. Its limits stop abruptly at my personal interest in a particular subject. For instance, the English countryside might be merely pretty until I cross into a hidden glade and discover that Samuel Coleridge walked there and wrote here, or Lewis and Tolkien ate there and drank here and read stories over that way. Well, then suddenly I'm all ears and I want the guide, I want the tour, I want the legend to the map that unlocks the stories of all the ghosts lingering nearby. So when I stepped into the back door of the Tin Booms Bayer, I stepped into a world where the air hung thick with age-old laughter and tears and fears and time-tried faith and stories. So many stories. In this house, the Tin Booms led a prayer group for the Jewish people for over a hundred years before that love of one's neighbor culminated in the series of events told in The Hiding Place. I felt suddenly conscious of and humbled by the strange fact that I, of all people, had been invited to help tell the story of this place. And incredibly, I would get to join my small story to the mythic edifice of this old Bayer and its giants of the faith. The Bayer's ghosts took my hand. They pulled me further in, and they began to whisper. The tour guides led us through the home. Little of it was original, but it was furnished to look as it might have in the 1940s. 
The atmosphere felt oddly familiar, like the home of an elderly relative from some distant branch of the family tree. The carpets, the wallpaper, the wooden desk, the brittle chair, the winding stair. Everything was burdened with history, pregnant with lost stories. Up and up we climbed until we entered Corey Tinboom's bedroom. And there, through a hole in the false wall, the hiding place was itself ironically on public display. We crawled inside and felt its closeness. We listened as the silence told its tale. After about an hour, the tour wound down and spit us back out into the alleyway where it began. But the ghostly whispers in my ears didn't fade. They would follow me for the rest of the trip, through the Netherlands and across Germany to our final destination, and the darkness crouching there in the east. Eventually, those voices would grow, keen, wail, and thunder as we followed the tin boom path into the past. But for now, here in Harlem, they whisper in quiet desperation. Because in that alleyway, surrounded by the cafes and restaurants and hotels and flowers and commerce and vacationing tourists, they are being drowned out. They fade. They wither. They are slowly forgotten. These insistent phantoms cry out for fear their stories will dwindle and vanish into the post-Christian din of a present rushing past. This, then, is the calling of the writer, the novelist, the playwright, to strive against the forgetfulness of the world, to proclaim a whisper in defiance of cacophony, to find the hidden nook, the lonely veil, the cobbled alley whose story is slipping toward mundanity and visit it with re-enchantment. For what is a writer if not an explorer who reminds the world of its own marvels? In the telling of our tales, we give back to ghosts their voices so they can speak to generations upon generations and remind them of the cloud of witnesses that have come before. We give back to the dead their testimonies, and they, in turn, give them back to the ages. Only by story does the world remember. So a few days later, we left Harlem and drove into Germany, my mind full of whispers. I have a story to tell, and if I'm to tell it well, I must listen. This is the first part of three in which Pete shares the process behind adapting The Hiding Place as a stage play. Be looking for parts two and three over the coming weeks on the Rabbit Room Podcast.